Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It now. made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 89. It's been darn near a month. Uh, we had a long summer hiatus, but we are back and we are going to talk some news. And then there's obviously the big news right off the top where we start off with Canuck stuff and the JT Miller rumors are now officially over as he signed his big deal a few weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think in terms of like the deal itself, it's a very good deal for both sides. Um, it's, you know, the Canucks didn't give up the eight years. They gave seven, which I thought was kind of nice and then it was also eight million season which for JT Miller's play uh specific like since he's come to Vancouver it's definitely like honestly you can probably still say he's underpaid compared to other players who are making that money in the league obviously the whole thing about Miller was the like his age versus the age of the core and all that which was the kind of driving the drama and I mean like I'll say personally for me the reason why I was open to trading Miller was because I thought the Canucks would get a return that would probably set them up for the future better than signing him however it was obvious that that trade wasn't there I mean they came close right at the draft with the Islanders and there's all sorts of rumors as you said all last year um so all in all I think it's smart that they kept him because again you weren't going to get the return what was the point of trading him there wasn't so I think it's really smart for the Canucks um obviously it turns the page to the next rumor that's going to be which is going to be the Bo Horvat rumor um and I do I kind of think like you had to move on from one of them and again I like both players I really like Bo Horvat but I think if you sign Miller you kind of have to move Horvat but again who knows if the trade is there um and I guess going back to the Miller thing a bit like specifically about the deal if you look at what some of these young players are making it's kind of like and we'll talk about that after I'm sure but it's interesting because the Canucks are like opposite of what other teams are doing it seems like in that uh, not all teams obviously I'm really like mumbling around now anyway <laughs> um but you know what Miller is right now. He's probably going to be overpaid in the last couple of years of the deal, but we, you know that, right? Whereas the younger players that are signing these big deals now, you're hoping that they're going to be something great, but you don't know for sure. Or they've had one good year or a couple of good years and you're hoping they're going to stay that way. So there's risk in both, both types of deals is what I'm trying to say. And we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there's talk that like the cap's supposed to go up by somewhere around like 15 million over the next few years which is yep. kind of insane and, and would be hugely beneficial to like vancouver but what the what the deal that the miller deal essentially does in combination with like thatcher demko's contract is basically puts them in a four-year window right now you know with one year left on miller's cheap deal and then the first three years of this contract where he's going to be up you know i think everyone agrees still playing to that high value um alongside with like Quinn Hughes deal yeah and, and you know Besser's deal and stuff like that it and even Pedersen like, too um, yeah depending on Pedersen both with the cap going up and depending on what he does this year 
yeah a lot of uncertainty with what that's going to look like but it basically yeah like i say it's like they're they have a four-year window now mainly due to the demco contract but the miller contract plays into that and uh go ahead i I, yeah the only thing i was going to say about that and i think this is the not like the issue but it's the thing that canucks fans are unsure about is like they're so top heavy and after this season after this off season they're more top heavy right you've added you've added mikhaev you've added um kuzmenko i mean kuzmenko's kind of a wild card but he's gonna fill a forward position and then you look at the back end and the only real difference that they have right now is that they have de kaiser on the pto so like it still seems like something has to give when you talk about like for me talking about the canucks being in a window it's like they still have so much work to do on that back end. And I know like, well, like they're experimenting now with Quinn Hughes on the right side to try and see if that will fix their right side problem and stuff like that. But there, it just feels like something has to give still with the roster. And I think that's why Canucks fans are a little bit confused. Yeah. I mean, it'll be interesting to see with Boudreaux behind the bench for a full year and coming in with the offseason to prepare what he can do with the systems to try and improve that and um, you know I think this first year will be kind of like you know they must be looking at it like a step forward but not necessarily expecting the cup this year but because after this year they're going to finally have like dead money coming off the books with the long go and uh, another bio and stuff like that and so we'll see what it looks like ultimately next year but I think this has got to be a major like stepping stone forward type season for all of them yeah I totally agree and like again (laughs) I, I think they should be able to right like everything you're saying I totally agree with I think that they obviously played way better under Boudreaux than they did under Green and even if they don't play to the same level that they played like the second half of the season because that's probably I, I don't want to say unattainable because they did it but it's like best case scenario right I think they should still be a playoff team this year and if they're not then there's a big problem that's the way I see it but again you're right there should be more cap and all that <laughs> but it's just like there's something about the team that for me personally I still don't totally understand what they're doing and it would have been nice to have like some direction, but I understand what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's just a lot of banking on improved play from the forwards defensively to help out the defense core is really what it all comes down to. And I mean, Thatcher Demko is the other like part of that equation too, right? Yeah. I think we all agree that he is you know I think he's a top five goalie in the NHL right now and that might be insane to say but I, I do believe it and I think that you know we'll see <laughs> see what happens with the season mm. but uh training camps opening pretty quick here so things are getting really exciting and we're like what less than three weeks away from the season so yeah and I mean if you want to talk quickly about training camp like there's two things I think that are interesting to people um the first being that right now it looks like hoglander is not on the team um so if you're reading into which boudreau kind of said to read into his line combinations at training camp it looked like he was skating on an like a abbotsford line basically 
Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I mean, he's 21 years old and he should have to fight for a roster spot. I think that's good. Um, I still think he's an NHL player, um, but he's obviously like a question mark and he's one of the players who played worse under Boudreaux than he did under Green. So that will be just an interesting situation to watch. And then the other one is that Tyler Myers was paired with Danny DeKaiser at training camp, which again, if you're reading into things, looks like they're giving him at least a legitimate shot to make the team. Um, so those are just two situations that I thought were interesting from today. And we'll see. Mm-hmm. So was it um, Ekman Larson paired with Hughes then? Yes. And Hughes was on the right. And so then I had like what Dermot and Shen together. Uh, I, actually, I think it might have been Dermot and um, uh, Pullman. I can't remember who Shen was playing with. It might have been Rath though. Oh yeah. Yeah. But anyway, there will be lots of storylines that will come out of camp. Um, I'm really excited to see Kuzmenko because obviously we haven't gone to see him play at all yet. So it'll be interesting to watch um, how he fits in with the group and. I think the preseason games and all that will be entertaining for, for those kind of battles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then other than that, I guess we got some league wide news we can talk about. Yeah. So, I mean, the big, big one I feel like is uh, there's a new highest paid player in the league. <laughs> yeah, very... yeah. So Nathan McKinnon, eight years, hundred, uh, $100.8 million. So cap hit of 12.6 million a year which is just you know a little bit over what McDavid was making as you said um and I mean I don't think anyone's totally surprised by this particularly because uh McKinnon was so underpaid for so many years um like do you think if they hadn't won the cup he would have commanded that much money uh no I don't think it would have been like a whole bunch less, but I think it would have been less. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel too. And I mean, everything we've talked about today too, right, still applies. Like the salary cap's going up. They must be so happy that they have McCarr like locked up now. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that one. Um, And yeah, I mean, the next few years for contracts is going to be very interesting to watch. Like I said to you, I think Matthews will – will jump over McKinnon when he's up and probably McDavid will jump over both of them when he's up, but they're pushing it upwards now. So mm-hmm. what happens. And then the whole thing about, you know, no team with a player in the double digits has ever won the Stanley cup and only Carey price was like the only player right to reach the final with a double digit cap hit. So it's all like, I don't know, nerdy stuff to watch, which I like. <laughs> Yeah, no, well-deserved. Um, I thought it was interesting kind of side note that um, how few captains have won the cup that are like of European descent. It's like weird. I just, I just randomly came across the stat that like there's only been four captains in the NHL history from European and Russian descent. And it's recent too, because like for a long time there hadn't been one. And yeah, by recent, it's probably like 15 years. Lidstrom is like one of the oldest ones, but then there's like Ovechkin and Landis Gog, and then I can't remember the other one. Yeah. I'm trying to remember too. But Chara? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah no it is weird uh I mean for a long time I feel like it was just that well not necessarily but <laughs> they were less likely to be given like the opportunity to be captain mm. so part of it was that but but yeah anyway I think we both agree like McKinnon that deal makes sense I don't think people can really argue that he's overpaid I think it's it's pretty legit yeah I'd like to say for how um little he was making compared to like his value for the last deal his six-year deal or whatever it was uh he definitely deserved to try and pay well yeah um so yeah and I know because he brought up Shara I guess we can quickly talk about the three big retirements that all happened that one morning yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Char retiring and then Keith Yandel retiring and then maybe the most surprising one was PK Subban calling it a career too. Yeah, and I mean it sounded like all three of them I think actually did have offers from teams for this year, but they decided that either the situation wasn't right or they just weren't in it anymore. Which I mean is probably not that surprising, but all three of those guys had pretty impressive careers. I mean, obviously, as a Canucks fan, you've got a little bit of bitterness about Chara, but um, like to play for that long is impressive. And he, um, who's played the most games out of any defenseman in NHL history, which is pretty crazy. And then you have the whole Yandel streak, game streak, which is pretty impressive. And then like PK Subban when he was in Montreal, and then the first couple of years in uh Nashville anyway was like a very entertaining player to watch like you can't deny it <laughs> um is a polarizing character but he definitely brought something different to the game so yeah and you have to figure that he must just like there was rumors last year that he wasn't you know in, uh dedicated to the game anymore and yeah. it is obvious like ability to be part of the media like he's obviously going to have a, a gig and be able to stay in and around the game yeah like kind of the rumor that I heard too was like he either wanted to go back to Montreal or he wanted to play in Toronto and he didn't want anything else and then when it was obvious that like neither one of those things were going to happen he was like yeah no I don't want to do anything and as you say he's obviously going to have <laughs> people lining up for him to fill media roles anyway um but I listened to him talk a little bit and the line that kind of stuck out to me was he's like you know I always thought of myself as being just a person who happened to be good at hockey so it didn't really like define my life and I think it goes with what you just said right like probably for a while he was super dedicated to it but then when he started aging and he just wasn't as good he probably was like yeah no I'm kind of I'm kind of moving out or something mm -hmm. but yeah End of an era. End of an era. They're all retiring. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, yeah there's a few other, like, signings of note um, since we've been gone. <laughs> um, and all involved kind of the same style player, right? So you had the Tage Thompson deal. You had the Stutzla deal. You had the Cairo deal. Um, I think that's really it for those types. And they all signed, like, big money, big term. Uh, I think, like, for me, the most surprising was probably Tage Thompson. Because um, one good year. Yeah. But I guess, like, Buffalo is pretty desperate to have people commit to that team <laughs> uh, for obvious reasons. So yeah. um, maybe not that surprising. But 
he's gonna have to live up to that contract otherwise it's gonna be pretty tough for him I think both with Stutzla and Cairo like there's enough there that you can kind of see what players they're gonna be but again it's kind of the opposite of the JT Miller thing right because the first couple of seasons they might not be worth eight million but yeah yeah I think Stutzla showed especially the second half of last year that he's going to be a special player but like I felt like I felt like um, last year was more of like Kairou's establishing himself as a star in the league, whereas he was kind of already breaking out the year before that. So that, yeah. one, that deal made more sense to me than the other ones. Yeah, I agree with that. But uh, and, uh, and then he was an all-star too, I think, last year. Yeah, he won the fastest skater, which was great. Right. Um, and then, yeah, the other Ottawa Center news is that they signed my boy, Tyler Mott. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so you know go send <laughs> yeah well that'll be a good good depth player for them for sure their forward group is really good um <laughs> the defense is not but <laughs> you know we'll see what they'll be a fun team to watch anyway yeah it'll be interesting too to see if like how big of a step jake sanderson can take in the league because if he becomes a player right off the hop that changes things quite a bit for them and then, yeah, the only other thing I can think of is, like, there's been a bunch of PTOs, and obviously the controversial one is is your your hot take was correct, and Jake Furtanen did get a PTO uh, with the Oilers. And, you know, it's caused a whole swirl of <laughs> animosity <laughs> towards the team, but all I'm going to say is, like, it is surprising based on his play like, even if you took it out all the drama off the ice, I think it would be kind of surprising. Well, not necessarily, but, like, not for a PTO, but he wasn't a good NHL player for the Canucks. So it just seems kind of weird. But we'll see if he shows up out of shape for their camp and all that. <laughs> yeah, no, it'll be interesting. And I'll take it because that gives me a, a hot take, which puts me well on my way to beating my total for last year's hot takes. Yeah, you're like but, um, five or something. What's that, sorry? You're at like 1.5 or something. Uh, yeah, 1.5 already. Yeah. And I only got three last year, so. That's pretty good, yeah. I'll take it. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if it translates into a real contract for him, whether it be with the Oilers or with someone else. Like, I joked with my other hockey pool group that it'll get him a contract in Arizona because <laughs> yeah, they need I can just see it, you know. They need players. Yeah, I could see it too. But um, if I had to bet, I would say he ends up playing in Europe or Russia again. Yeah, I I can't see it working out in Edmonton. However, they obviously don't mind picking up players like again with controversies in their background. But Evander Kane is a lot better of a hockey player than than Jake. So. Yeah, and it's not like if you look at their roster, like I was trying to think about who they like who we would kind of jump over in their lineup, and there isn't really that many players. Like he could play on their fourth line, but what's the point? Yeah. And unless they're moving out Puliarvi, which there's all sorts of rumors that they're going to, but like Vertanen is definitely a step down from Puliarvi. So why would you do that? Right. Stuff like that. So I, I can't see it working in Edmonton. I could definitely see it in Arizona for the reasons that you've just said. <laughs> but 
or maybe even like Chicago. Yeah, I was thinking Chicago too, and that was purely only based on needing needing bodies. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think that's kind of everything that's happened in the last little bit. Yeah, there hasn't been um, much because it's like we talked about before the dog days of summer, but training camps are heating up and then the regular season come up quick. So we'll be able to get back at this more regularly and uh, uh, show real things to talk about. Yeah, and, you know, the whole training camp stuff kicking off. It's exciting. There'll be lots of storylines there. So getting, awesome. getting pumped. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, until the next time, this has been Hockey Talk on the Rock episode number 89 and we'll be back sometime soon. Woo!